We are going to um, look at a, as we started out the service with the first song, it was, Oh, Come All You Faithful. By the way, great job, choir. I mean, we had the choir up here, but more of an ensemble up here, and I guess the church choir. You guys did a great job singing today. Um, but what we're doing in this series is we're taking a different, um, I guess it would be an older Christmas carol, and finding out um, what it really means. What do we do here? We base everything on the Word of God, don't we? So if we're singing things, if we're preaching things, we want it to be based upon the Word of God. And um, so last, last week we did that. We learned some pretty good truths as we talked about hope last week. And uh, today the focus of the song, O Come All Ye Faithful, and as we celebrate Advent as well, the focus today is on love. And I'm going to tell you this week as I was studying uh, and getting ready for this, it was, I, I don't say this for any other reason, just I want you to have expectant hearts today. It was one of those things where the message totally changed from, because what we've done this year for Christmas to be able to celebrate, to kind of keep the theme throughout, we were able to, um, to purchase this whole idea of what do the hymns mean and all this kind of stuff. So it gave us the carols to sing and gave us the script for our actors being able to act this out. See, we could have just played the professional people do it, but we have enough gifted people in the church and with Sunny with her video abilities and all of that to be able to do it for us. And of course, the message goes along with it. But as I was studying this, there was just something that God, I think, is speaking to me and usually when God is speaking to me and I feel this certain thing, I know that we all need to hear this. And I'm going to start out, normally out, you know, when you're, when you're preaching your sermon, you want to build to that one point. But I'm going to start out with that one point today where I felt the Holy Spirit was really speaking to me um, this week. And then we'll go build up to it again, I guess. Um, but the song will come, All Ye Faithful and the idea of talking about love as we'll be lighting the candle here in just a few moments. God reminded me this week, just through my devotional time as well, that I need a bigger understanding of his love for me. Amen. I think Paul even wrote about it. He says, you know, I'm praying that you can understand how high and how wide and how deep God's love is for you and that there's nothing that can separate you from that love. And as we get into this today, the reason I want to have a bigger understanding of God's love for me is because when I have a bigger understanding, a more full, fuller understanding, my English people, um, fuller understanding of what of God's love is for me, it enables me to love other people even better. Because I can understand that God was able to overlook, not overlook my sin, but send his son Jesus to pay the full price for my sin. Um, but while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. And so how much more can I love those who may be against me? Or maybe not against me, they just done something, they didn't even realize it, but it hurt me. Um, or maybe they're not even following a lifestyle that I think is an appropriate lifestyle. I should be able to love them. So that's where we're going today. And all this comes out of love and will come all you faithful. Let's see how, how we got there today. I want to start out with this, um, and this is not our memory verse, but I still want us to quote this one together, okay? Uh, because we all know this one, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So I started out with that one. Again, it's not our memory verse for the week, but I figure most everyone knows that one. It's an easy enough uh, thing. But what an, what an amazing verse, a life verse to have to understand that God loved the world. Who is the world? We are. 
He's not necessarily talking about the grass and the leaves because guess what? The grass is now dormant. The leaves have fallen off of the trees. They don't remain from season to season for the most part, you know. But however, we are the people that he created. He loved us so much that he gave his one and only son. So as we go back through this story, and we read this um, every, uh, every Christmas. It's been a tradition when I grew up with just me and my brother and my mom. Before we could open presents, we had to read uh, out of the Gospels the account of Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus being born. And then we got to open our presents. And of course, it, it, um, not only did it build the, the whole suspense idea of the presents and everything, but my mom was wanting to make sure that we understood the importance of Christmas. As much as the gifts were really cool and all that kind of stuff, the reason was obviously Jesus. And she wanted to keep that on our forefront. So why do we do this every Christmas? So that we can continue to be sharp in the area of why Jesus even came in the first place. I was thinking about this um, I've, I've actually played guitar the last two weeks. Luke uh, actually is going to be back with the kids here in a few moments. But Luke's been playing a lot this year, and I've been playing very little. And so I'm reminded that whenever I pick up my guitar, how much I lose because I don't keep my calluses on my fingers to play. And so like you're halfway through the song, and your fingers are screaming at you because you don't have the calluses there. And so you lose that edge, right? I don't want to lose that edge spiritually of God's love for me, of the story of Christmas, of the reason that he came. So how do I prevent that? Well, I've been practicing. You know, you, you keep practicing a little bit more so you can build those calluses back up. I'm so glad you're returning next week, Luke, to play guitar. But um, then I'll lose my calluses again, I guess, unless I practice. But um, there's something about keeping that edge. And so I'm thankful for the Christmas season that helps out in that and talking about love today. So God chose to bring this love to the world through who? Through Mary. Physically, he came through, he came through Mary. Um, you've heard the saying, there's nothing like a mother's love. You know, I, um, I love to look back at old pictures, and I'll do this occasionally. They're stored on, uh, with smartphones, you can have all your pictures stored on your phone, and so you can just scroll through there, and you can pull up old pictures, and it's pretty cool. Uh, you don't have to go digging through albums and stuff like that. They're just, they're right there on your phone. Anyway, so I love to go back um, to the beginning of when my kids were born, and you see the joy on Stasha's face holding Nathan and then holding Gabriel and just the joy that is there. So, you know, you moms, can, you can identify with that. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, there's nothing like a mother's love, and uh, Hannah, you did a great job depicting that. Um, good acting. <laughs> Hannah's like, I'm still in high school, so. No, I mean, no, you're first year college. Yeah, first year of college. So see, I knew Hannah when she was a baby, so I'm, it's not in my mind that she's grown up yet. But anyway, more importantly, Mary was able to love him. Think about this for a moment. Mary was able to love her baby because her baby first loved her. The cre he created her. We love because God first loved us, right? So he was able to love God so loved the world, included Mary. Now, I, I thought I would do something because we've got plenty of time today. And usually, you know, you kind of throw things out here. Doug, can you get that microphone ready? Because I like to ask this question. I want moms, I want you to talk about your first response. So this is only going to be one or two words. This is not going to be a long, drawn-out thing. What was the first thing that came to you, my, your mind when you first saw your baby. So just raise your hand so we can get this on the recording. But moms, what was the first thing that came to your mind 
when you first saw your baby? Amazement. Amazement. Gretchen? Awe. Awe. Yeah. Awe. <laughs> Overwhelming joy. Overwhelming joy. Lisa had her hand up. The other Lisa. All right, I'm going to be honest. Relief. Relief. And love. Yes. <laughs> Where's Christ Christian? I'm sorry, buddy. I said love you. You did. <laughs> uh, well, of course, I had two. Uh, the first one. Talk about your second kid. <laughs> That's my mom. The first one, of course, the doctors, they said uh, he would not be alive uh, when he was born and said that uh, he was a preemie. He was born at six months. So he was the miracle baby. And, of course, David, he was full term. And both of them was amazing love and just Amen. overjoyed. And That's just, awesome. Yes. I mean, no. <laughs> they, they, of course, there was a... There was a dad there, but he was not there. Okay. Um, but I knew all along that God was their father. Amen. And he was my husband. And yeah. he would help me raise these, these guys, these men now that are men of God. And before they were born, God told me, he said, you're going to have two boys. And they're going to be in the ministry. Of course, we're all ministers of God. But he said that. They were appointed, and they would be called. Amen. And they are now fulfilling. David is a pastor. And then my oldest one, he is the pastor of Facebook. If you've ever read he any is. of his... True. If you've ever read any of his writings, true. he writes from the heart. Yeah. And it's just like from his heart. He's gone through experiences just like we all have. But he uh, puts those in, in words from his heart. And he wins the loss, too, yeah. just as well as... My second son. <laughs> you want to say anything else about me, Mom? Is that good? <laughs> Let me just take Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that one word, Mom. Thank you. All right, that's good. Let's get to the dads now real quick. Now, you see where I get my gift of gab from. Um, so, dads, what was your first thought? Now, let me tell you mine real quick, okay? I have this gift of, at times, being brutally honest. And I can remember Stasha and I having this conversation is like, Honey, I really hope that our baby's not ugly. Because I don't know if I'll be able to say he's beautiful. You know, these were... So, but anyway, he was handsome, so... Um, dads, a word or two about what you first thought. Relief. Relief. I had fear. Fear? A little bit of fear. Yeah. Another dad? Coy. Clint? Oh, no. All right, that's perfect. That's all I need because did you notice the difference in the mother's response? Thanks, Doug. That's good. Did you notice the difference in the mother's response and the dad's responses? There's nothing like a mother's love, right? There's something that obviously Mary brought forth, you ladies brought forth, and uh, we're not going to get into all that, but just the love that you had when this little tiny human being came around. So let's talk a little bit more about this love. Think back again, parents, to the love 
that you had when you first found out about the fact that you were going to be having a baby. You were pregnant. You found out. Wow. It was just like, well, I'll tell you, at first I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Dads, who's with me? Moms, you're like, woohoo. Were any moms like, oh, no, maybe you were too, right? Okay. Way to be honest. That's totally fine, right? But the love capacity that Mary had for Jesus was created in her by Jesus before she even knew about her heavenly assignment. God had placed a love capacity within her, the ability, the capacity to love her son who would be on the way, who was not born of a man, but born by the Holy Spirit, right? God had placed that in there. God places a love within us as well. God placed that within her. So we see a little bit later Mary's response in all of this, and I think this is key before we get into the other part of it. But I want to turn to Luke chapter 2, by the way. Go ahead and do that. Luke chapter 2, we'll get there in just a moment. So... In the midst of all of this, after the baby is born, we notice there are people who come to Jesus and they come to adore him, just like uh, we saw Coy depicting there, and he came as one of the shepherds, uh, representative of that in the video, and he came to adore this king that was born to the world, right? That's the whole, whole purpose that he came. So we see that the shepherds, they came to adore Jesus. So let's look at this text here, Luke chapter 2, verse 16, we'll go through verse 19. So here comes the shepherds. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. New King James Version will say she pondered all of these things in her heart. She saw people coming. Eventually, two years later, the wise men would come. There were probably other people that saw this newborn king. Um, as, as, this, as the time goes on, the Bible doesn't necessarily record there. Uh, we know that eventually Mary went into uh, the temple to have Jesus circumcised and presented and all of these different things. And so you have uh, the people there in the temple who began to prophesy over Jesus. They're adoring this newborn king. Oh, come let us adore him. All of us, let's come and let us adore him. So Mary is here. She's listening. She's loving everything she heard from the shepherds who came uh, to adore him. Now, the reason I think I was a little bit nervous about if my kids would be cute kids or not was because right after your kid is born, people want to come to the hospital or come to your home. They want to see your kids. And I remember thinking, this is very prideful. I was really young at the time. Well, I wasn't really young. I was 29 when Nathan was born. But, um, I, was, so, but I was still young in my mind. Remember a couple weeks ago, I said, I have a hard time believing I'm, I'm an adult from time to time. But anyway, um, I remember thinking, you know, I don't want my kids to be ugly because people will know. I wanted people to do this. Your baby is so beautiful. Unfortunately, and I say this with all sincerity, sincerity, when they were born, they did look like their mother, and, and that was a good thing. They commented on how handsome, how cute the babies were, and I'm sure, parents, you had uh, similar stories. But think about that, how your love grew as everyone told you, your baby is perfect, your baby is beautiful. When people compliment your kids even, 
it makes your heart grow just a little bit. And if you don't have kids at this point, just trust me, your parents feel the same way. They're so proud of you, all these things that when, when people compliment. That's what Mary was doing. She was taking all of these things, people who were coming to adore Jesus, and she was pondering these things in her heart because she knew that, first of all, this wasn't a normal child. This was the Son of God. So let's go back to Old Come All Ye Faithful. We know that Mary and Joseph were among the faithful. We read a little bit of their story last week. We'll continue to read their stories in the coming weeks as we lead up to Christmas. But Mary and Joseph were faithful to God. They were faithful to the angel when he came and brought a dream uh, to them. We know that the shepherds were among the faithful. We know that the wise men were among the faithful. Eventually, as Jesus grew up and he began his earthly ministry, we know that the disciples were faithful. As you look back over church history, you see, you see people who are faithful. Even today, you can look here in the church and you can see people who are faithful who have come to adore him. We just sang that a little bit ago. The question is, are we among the faithful that Mary would have welcomed to adore her son? Because it's all about love. And this is where I want to get into what I really sense the Lord was speaking to me this week. And so turn with me, if you will, to 1 John now, and I think we'll spend most of our time there. Uh, 1 John chapter 4. I want to read through what it is to be a person who is, I guess, considered faithful by the Lord. And, and when I say that, keeping the idea of love, because as we're going to read, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but as we're going to read here in just a little bit, part of faithfulness is loving other people, understanding God's love so that we can love other people because it's all about love. And uh, John writes about this so clearly, but first John chapter four, verse seven, we'll go through verse 11. He says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Now, this is where verse 8, this, this is where it really began to speak to me. But everyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. You see, that's a big love that God had. To send his one and only son, part of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, to send his son in flesh to this earth to die for you and me for our sins, that is true love. And that's what John is saying here. We sh because of that love, that big, huge love that we can't even comprehend, anybody want to sacrifice? Well, I shouldn't say, does anybody want to sacrifice your children because there's days, right? <laughs> there are days. You don't have to amen that, Doug. There are days. But in all seriousness, no, none of us would sacrifice our kids for someone else. That's big love right there. And he says, because of that, surely we ought to love one another. Here's our memory verse I want us to see. Let's read this together. 1 John 4, 19. Ready? We love him because he first loved us. We love God 
because he first loved us. There are some translations that, and I have New King James Version up there. I think the NLT and some other versions will say we love others because God first loved us. So it's this whole idea about loving God and loving other people. So here's the question. How do we adore Jesus? As we come into this house today, this sanctuary, as we go to our workplaces tomorrow, uh, go to school tomorrow, um, back into your neighborhoods today, how do we adore Jesus outside of these four walls? Because it's, again, we come to church because it's what, you know, we're supposed to praise Jesus in church. What is our, one of our core values? We love or we worship in our everyday life, not just when we're here at church, right? Adoring him. So how do we do that? First of all, how do we adore Jesus? Well, God has given you the capacity to love everyone. And it's by loving everyone that you show your love for the Lord. Verse 7 that we just read said, Let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. When we try to love the unlovable in our own capacity, we fail. Have you had contempt for anybody this week? Maybe in the last month? Maybe you're a little bit better than me, and just it's been in the last month or in this past year. I understand that there are people who make it very difficult to love. <laughs> you experience that? It's true. There are people that make it difficult to love. But here's where this verse is so important. Love comes from God. We must stop loving from our own capacity. I don't have enough love. And I I feel that I'm a loving person, right? When mom named me, it was, uh, she named me David, and that means beloved, right? I I feel that I'm a loving person. But I'm going to tell you right now, I probably shouldn't say this on the platform, I don't have enough capacity within me to love everybody the way they need to be loved. Especially when they get on my nerves, when they disagree with me, when they say something I don't like. But love, true love, comes from God. God has given me the capacity to love. So when I love in His strength, reality is I'm adoring Him. I'm showing how much I love God. We'll see how here in just a moment. So I wrote down, stop loving out of your own capacity, David. Love like God loves with the capacity that he's given. Secondly, loving others is evidence that you are a child of God. Uh, Verse 7 that we just read, the second part of that, says anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. So I wrote down this question, David, I'm preaching to me today, too, and if this applies to you guys, take it and run with it, but does your life show that you are a child of God, according to this? Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. So the opposite of this is true, right? Verse 8 shows us that, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And here's the part that slapped me in the face, I guess, because I'm thinking, is there anyone that I don't love that I'm having a hard time loving? Because if I'm having a hard time loving these individuals or this person or this idea that these people are bringing at me, and really we're talking about people here, it shows that I don't truly know God. So that's why my prayer this week has been, God, will you show me your love even greater? Because there are people that I may be having a hard time with right now. So God, show me more of your love so I can love those people who are coming against me or that I feel have wronged me. 
ask the Holy Spirit where you do not have love for someone and repent. As a matter of fact, I'd say do that right now. I'll be quiet for 10 seconds. For the believer, not loving someone is not an option. In fact, John says, if we do not love, we don't truly know God. So my prayer for us, for me, for us, is may we have a revelation of who God truly is. May love fill our hearts for the unlovable. And when I say that for those people who we're having a difficult time with, may God fill our hearts in that. That's, um, that's good, huh? That's because it's God's word, not the preaching. That's just, okay, we need it, absolutely. The love of God gives us life. I want to light this candle now. Uh, we, do, we celebrate Advent here, and Advent, last week we talked about hope, and so just lighting the candles, just a symbolic thing, right? Uh, some of you like to light candles in your house and all those type of things. But um, today as we light, this is the candle of love, and, and it's just a representation of, yes, the love of God and a reminder, you know, God, let your light, let your love shine through us uh, in all of this. The love of God gives us life. God, verse 9, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. And this echoes John three sixteen that we read at the beginning. Love is a sign of life. The love of God not only flows into us, but is extended by, flow, by flowing out of us as well. So do you know that you are an extender of God's love to other people, right? Especially those who may be far away from God who don't know him. Um, in the back, uh, you don't have to turn around and look, but beside of Brandon, there's a little white box on the wall. Jake, I may be doing this wrong, but just go with my illustration and my tech idiotness. Um, actually, I think that one is hardwired now, right? Anyway, it used to not be hardwired. We used to have an extender back there. So our internet is over in the office building, which is just right over this way to your right. Um, We used to have an extender because the signal would not make it all the way over here where we needed internet. So we put a little device back there that would capture that signal and that would magnify it somehow. Am I doing okay, Jake? Does that sound pretty good? It would magnify it somehow, and it would allow us to have internet here in the sanctuary. You are that extender of God's love. To the unlovable. You have that ability to be that type of extender. The love of God not only flows into us, but is intended to flow through us. Fourthly, God's love is a love of sacrifice. In verse 10 that we just read says, um, this is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and has sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. I want to read this from last week because, again, I want us to get a more full understanding of God's sacrifice. This God's love is a love of sacrifice. So think about the Father, what he had to witness of Jesus, and I want you to think about Jesus as well. Think about what he went through. So I want to read from Isaiah 53, what we read last week, okay? So you, you can follow along on the screen or you can close your eyes and just listen to this. But this is a love of sacrifice. Isaiah 53 goes on to say, He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. 
we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care, yet it was our weakness that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his sins, right? They were thinking it was the Messiah who had sinned. Verse 5 says this, But Jesus, he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the, laid Lord, the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Jesus took all of our sins. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and his sheep is silent before the shears. He did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. That is a love that requires a lot of sacrifice. I can't, again, fathom that last sentence there, that it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. You know what the good plan was all about? So that we could understand the love of God. So that we could understand that and give it as well. So that leads us naturally to point five. Point four was God's love is a love of sacrifice. Number five, true love involves our sacrifice as well. Verse 11, uh, going back to 1 John reference there, where he says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, surely we ought to love each other. I want to hit on number Number two that I was just talking about a few moments ago. Let's be honest. Sometimes loving people feels like a sacrifice. Yeah? Sometimes it does. It feels like, oh, Lord, you're going to have to help me. Sometimes it does. As we started out, I quoted Romans 5, 8. I want to read it to you again. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. We really do need to remember that God loved us even while we were stained by sin. It's important to do that. While we were so far away, maybe even cursing God. I mean, I've known people who have literally cursed God. Um, If you've been here a while, you've heard me tell a story. I didn't live with my dad, but we went and visited him. And thank God before my dad died, he did give his heart to Jesus. But I can remember in his anger with his fist toward heaven, one day, big man, it's me and you. And I remember thinking... You're going to lose that one. <laughs> and I was just, I was little. You know, we would go visit occasion. I remember thinking, that's not going to end well for you. Um, but again, thank God he gave his life to Jesus just before he died. And so his sins were, were forgiven. Praise God for that. But even in that moment, one day, big man, it's going to be me and you. God loved my dad even then. Again, that's just something that blows my mind. When Christ's love entered, our life has never been the same. Think about the day that you received Jesus as your Savior. Life has never been the same. Has it been easy all the time? Oh, I'm sure it hasn't. Has, uh, you know, the road been paved with gold along the way? No. 
Has all the problems and situations ceased to exist? Absolutely not. But the Bible says that I am now a friend of God. And when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I know that he is with me. His rod and his staff, discipline and guidance, is with me through all those times. He is with us when we are stained by sin. When Christ's love entered, our life has never been the same. We received the gift of love. So this is my challenge to us. I'm going to have a stand here in just a moment. I want to read another verse to you. Miss Vicki, you can come on up. This week, may we present our lives to God in full devotion as we seek to live for His glory, as we both experience His love and share His love. My prayer is that we would fully understand His love that enables us to love other people. That's my challenge for you this week. Beginning now, Holy Spirit, will you show me the love of God? Will you show me, reveal in me the love of Jesus? Because I need it. First of all, I just need his love, right? But I need it so I can love everybody. I need that love. Can we go ahead and stand? And I want you to keep this atmosphere of just uh, worship to the Lord and, and listening. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment because I want to read a little bit of Ephesians to you. This was from my devotional this week. And this is going to be my prayer over you. Doug and Lisa are going to come up in just a moment to pray uh, and dismiss us. But just close your eyes for a moment. I want to read Ephesians 3.16, and we're going to go a little bit into Ephesians 4. It says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we may ask or think. Glory to him in the church and into Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And then he goes on to say this in chapter 4. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling that you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Here's what I got out of this. Understanding His love enables us to love other people. His presence makes this happen. Oh, come let us adore Him. As we come to adore him, he pours out his love upon us, right? I mean, he's just, he's constantly pouring that out. And I want to invite you today, if you've never experienced that love of God, you've never given your heart to Jesus in a sense of confessing of your sin, acknowledging that Jesus Christ is God's son, that he truly did come to this earth, right? Died on the cross, he was buried, he's now ascended and sits at the right hand of the Father. If you've never made that confession of sin and Jesus is Lord of your life. I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. Uh, Doug and Lisa, again, are going to come up here and pray um, to one of the sides over here. So 
as we're dismissing, I want you guys to come up if you need prayer for salvation, for anything, really. Maybe you're, God, I need a little help here because I, need, I just need a fresh revelation of God's love. They're willing to pray with you. They're ready to pray with you over that. And uh, so as we're being dismissed, feel free to come on up here and um, let them minister to you. Sasha and I do love you so much. We're going to head to the back so that we can um, greet you on the way out. But uh, again, we do. We, we really do love you guys. And I hope you understand that, that you love, under, that you know that. Um, you know, we're, we all know that any of us are always the best at showing it, right? But God help us with that. So, Douglas, will you pray for us?